What's going on? This is episode 132 of the Clappercast. I'm Burke, and as always, joined by Sean. Sean, what's going on, man? You know, it's been uh, it's been a few weeks again. Life's getting in the way of the podcast here, but, you know, hockey season's <laughs> starting tomorrow. It's October 10th, so we got uh, the official... This is just a weird start to the season, but the official opening day is tomorrow. So we figure we better get back into a routine here. Yeah, even though there's already been two regular season games, the opening day is tomorrow yeah i really <laughs> hate when that happens so it's like th- the predators are already 2-0 sitting on top of the standings and every other team mm-hmm. is waiting four more days to play a game it's kind of a anticlimactic opening night yeah very very bizarre but um i guess it kind of makes sense because they're they played in europe so they kind of got to get back to north america now and it would kind of be unfair if they had to travel and then play but yeah anyway we got some uh, ground to cover basically as a result of that um and also because i was sick for a week so missed some time there too um we've got a good lot news of lcir that space right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the good news is that i'm leading my hockey team in points somehow even though i've played like two out of five games <laughs> so that's either means um, you're really good or the team's really bad my team sucks ass dude my team is so bad. I hope none of your teammates <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> they'd probably agree. It's laughably bad. It's worse than last year. Oh, wow. We're moving down a tier, so <laughs> it, hopefully it's better, but I don't know. Anyway, um, ahead. you, you want to move on to the Central Division? Yeah, let's uh, jump right into the Central here. <laughs> okay, well, um, are you going to do a real hot take and pick anyone but Colorado to win this division? I don't think there is any other choice, honestly. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, unless you were really, really high on the blues or something. But No, I mean, uh, Colorado. Or Nashville. <laughs> listen, like Nashville, Minnesota, and St. Louis probably have a chance of competing for a good second, like a comfortable second. But unless Colorado's goaltending experiment is an absolute disaster, they've got this division on lock already. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's safe to say. I mean, like, there's some question marks for sure for Colorado going into the season. You know, like Kadri's gone, Kemper's gone, um, Burkowski's gone. Um, you know, some Landis other depth Cog's depth forwards. For Landis Cog's hurt for a while, um, but you know they still have like the best blue line in hockey. Yeah, Kale McCarr, Bowen Byram, Devon Tades, Sam Girard. They've got Derek Johnson, who's a veteran. Um, you know, they've 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 got some good up and coming players like Newhook, um, and then you know JT Comper still around. They've got um, Lekkinen this year. They've signed Rodriguez, who might replace like a Burkowski type player. Um, so they look pretty pretty safe bet to win the division. But yeah. as you've mentioned, you know, Landis Cog's out, so anything could happen but i think it's i think they're a, f- a fair bet and then yeah i agree that um the rest of the teams competing for a playoff spot should be probably nashville st louis would be the top two probably picks. almost shoe wins yeah, i would say but I would agree. and then after that it's like you know minnesota and winnipeg the next minnesota year. dallas winnipeg maybe see like I would even put Dallas guys. farther down. I just don't like their roster, personally. 
I would even put Dallas as like probably finishing fifth and very unlikely fifth or sixth and very unlikely to make a spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not as bad on. I'm not as negative on them, but um, there's that there are definitely some question marks there. Um, you know how Marchment go goes, but now that they've signed Robertson, I think like their their forward group is pretty pretty good. Um, you know, they've got that really good first line. Um, and a very, very expensive second <laughs> and, and third line. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, like, their their defense is kind of crap, but, you know, Other if Ondra like can play like he did all playoffs, it could be uh, could be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, they got, they've got, like, some young defensemen. Like, they made that trade for Lundqvist and Thomas Harley. Um, Haskinen could really blossom this year now that uh, Klingberg's gone. Yeah, he's going to get a lot more power um, play time, I imagine, so his uh, his point totals might increase a bit. Yeah, he's always been elite defensively, but now he can maybe get some more PP time. Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, like, I, I see, like, the Colorado is obviously the, the S-tier in this division, and then it's, like, a bit of a drop-off after that, and then, like, yeah. You know, there's going to be the toilet bowl at the bottom with, like, <laughs> you know, Arizona and Chicago. <laughs> See the what patrol. they can do. Hey, question for you about Nashville. So last season they had kind of an offensive explosion, especially with guys like Duchesne and Johansson bouncing back big time. Do you think that's sustainable? Um, I don't know. I have never been huge on either of those guys. And I purposely um, avoided them I'm in every sure. single fantasy draft I was in because I'm like, I don't trust that this is their normal output. I think Duchesne did well in preseason. It's like the most impossible thing to find preseason stats. Uh, um, I actually found a good site. Did you? Because mm -hmm. I've, been, I've been trying to find stuff for like fantasy drafts and stuff just to see how guys were doing. Um, but I think Duchesne was doing pretty good in preseason. Um, but I, I think that Nashville is a team that is just it just runs through Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg. Like, and Soros. I, yeah, it's Soros, Forsberg, and Yossi is the holy trinity. And I mean, it, it'd be if Duchesne and Johansson can be as good as they were last year, I think that they're they're looking pretty pretty happy yeah. um, in the you know in the GM box there. But um, I'm not I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, well, and then they have uh, Nino Niederreiter who started off the season quite hot I think he's got three goals in the first two games so that's an elite signing right there <laughs> yeah or I mean, it, ma it makes sense um but yeah i mean like do you think duchene and ryan johansson can, can back it up i think they regress a little bit but if the rest of the team around them is still pretty explosive still has that energy and you know they still have yossi feeding them like he has been the last little bit here they should probably do well but not quite as good so they might they might yeah. fall back and they might kind of decrease their production a bit. Yeah, I mean I think it's pretty fair to assume that they'll drop down because it was just such a huge jump from the, the season before. Um, but I mean like the one thing is like their defense like with with Ryan McDonough there is is better. Um, Absolutely. He's such a just like heart and soul guy. Yeah, so it's stable. Cool. Um, cool to see him there. I think he got a couple points in their first couple games, um, and there was also a kind of that nice moment that made its rounds on Instagram and 
how their social media with Cody Glass made the team. Yeah. You know, he's had a couple tough seasons in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm kind of excited to see what they do um, this season in Nashville just because they've kind of got an interesting makeup of a team. Um, but uh, I, I, I had a question for you um, about um, St. Louis. And do you think that uh, Bennington can kind of retake the reins and, and play a, you know, a consistent, stable starter role for them this season? You know, I don't think so. I think I think that cup run, I think that that rookie season was a bit of a flash in the pan type thing. And uh, his his normal is going to be extremely inconsistent and kind of like a borderline 1A, 1B. You know, he's probably going to have a stretch of 10, 15 games here and there where he's amazing. But his his normal is just going to be unreliable and inconsistent. And you kind of see it because, um, like, how many of those little incidents does he have where he gets, like, extremely pissed off on the ice and starts taking it out on on the opponents and just getting super emotional and pissy on the ice? It's, it's stuff like that that's kind of going to make it difficult for him to be consistent when he's constantly in his own head like that yeah i mean like i'm not a i'm not a fan of the guy at all um but he pretty much has to be good this season because they've got like grice as a backup now and like grice has been good at times in his career but like he's never been like you know and he's like 36 (laughs) like he's not like gonna be you know huso was able to back him up and then in playoffs bennington looked really good until he got hurt and then mm-hmm. yeah he had that whole water bottle throw thing um but he did look really good um but yeah it's it's uh interesting that you mentioned like or you use the term like rookie season flash in the pan because it's kind of like matt murray right or it's like very similar kind of trajectories um for them both and um i think it just shows how hard a position goalie is mm-hmm. and when you're, you're no one knows who you are and you're coming into the league it, it there's no playbook on you but then once you're established like people know your tendencies and it's really hard to overcome those and then and then you know you you start getting hurt and it makes it harder and harder and um yeah i just i just it's going to be an interesting storyline yeah um for the blues because you know they're other than like perron and huso they're, they're pretty much the same team um but you know they had a real blossoming last season with like Robert Thomas um, just exploded with dishing, you know, Jordan Cairo. And I think, I think they play with like Tarasenko maybe, but um, anyway, like they've got, they've got some good, good pieces and it's just that goaltending question mark for them. Um, and then I think you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but I think there's a couple, a couple real wild cards in this, um, division one of them being the wild (laughs) and and the other one the other one being the winnipeg jets yeah um i don't know where these teams are going to end up it's so Um, hard to say i mean (laughs) minnesota i'm looking at their roster i'm looking at their depth chart and it's a lot of guys who seem to be playing one or two lines higher than you'd expect them to and a lot of guys who put up a lot more points than you'd expect them to last season so between that the loss of kevin fiala and the you know, cap hell they're in with the um, the Suter and Parisi buyouts. 
Like, they're kind of strapped. There's not a whole lot of wiggle room. Like, they have a bit of cap space right now. But, um, yeah, how are they going to adapt? And are these players who had really good seasons last year going to continue that? Yeah, and is Flurry going to be able to play, you know, 90% of your games? Exactly. Um, he, his numbers fell off a bit last year. Um, I mean, he was on Chicago for most of the season, so obviously take that with a grain of salt. But even when he was in um, Minnesota, I mean, his numbers up and down weren't weren't like crazy good. They were good, but they weren't like insane. But he's only there for like 11 games. And then in playoffs, he didn't play particularly super well. Um, but, you know, there's no Talbot. Um, and their backup is now Philip Gustafson from uh, Ottawa in that one-to-one, one-for-one trade. Um, who I think has been inconsistent in his time in Ottawa too, but is younger. Maybe, maybe he gets more looks this season, um, with a better, a bit of a better D line ahead of him. But yeah, like there's, they got a weird lineup, dude, with like guys on ELCs making the team. Um, you know, you got Boldy and Rossi, who I think have been talked about quite a bit. Yeah. Um, they picked up Sam Steele, who could be an interesting addition. Signed for super cheap um, after, play, you know, I think scoring, what is it, like five goals for three seasons in a row or something for Anaheim? He had six um, last season, so he's uh, on the verge of breaking <laughs> out. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said he's at six goals for four seasons <laughs> in a row. Um, that was Remarkably close, consistent. Yeah, but uh, maybe he gets more. But, maybe he gets you know, seven. they also got um, Kalen Addison, um, who – is taking over power play one on the point. Um, is that for sure now? Because I've been seeing that, like he was running the first yeah. power play unit in the preseason, but everyone was kind of like, "Hey, chill a bit." He's like, "It's it's preseason. It's probably gonna go back to Spurgeon or something." No, I mean, like if you watch the highlights, like he looks like he belongs out there. That's and good. then, like I watched some highlights from him last season, and like he is super dynamic. So I'm on assuming that, that was you. I can't remember. I'm assuming it was you who picked him up in all those fantasy leagues. <laughs> I picked him up in one. In just one. I okay. Think. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's like, this could be really cool. And they have like black aces basically coming into the regular season or it could be really bad. But like, you know, I've seen some things that say like Rossi and Boldy look really good, um, playing with the top guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, I lost a bit of, um, some depth there. You know, Fiala is going to be hard to replace. Um, so we'll see. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if Rossi and Boldy play as well as expected or play as well as it looks like they will, that puts them higher up in the lineup, pushes other guys down to kind of where you'd expect them to be, and suddenly they still have a pretty solid roster. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other wildcard team is the Winnipeg Jets. Like, what do, what the hell do they look like this season? I like, think I'm pretty – I'm confident they bounce back a bit, but it's – bones. <laughs> Yeah, who knows how that voice is going to work because yeah. the Jets aren't exactly a defensive team. They're kind of built around a bit of an offensive, you know, out, not necessarily outscore the problems, but don't exactly defend well enough and then just rely on Hellebuck to save the day. Yeah, and I think the biggest question mark, I keep saying question mark, I'll stop saying that. Um, the biggest thing that I'm interested in with the Jets 
is how they stripped Blake Wheeler of the C, mm-hmm. his captaincy, mm-hmm. and then Mark Shifley was very upset about that when he, you know, was being asked about it. Um, wh- how does that room react to that? Are there guys that are like fucking finally, or are there, you know, or are they mad about it? Like, I feel like how does Shifley, Wheeler respond? Shifley might be like freaking finally, and ever, and there <laughs> might be some other some other guys who've been there for a few years maybe who aren't in like the click or whatever whatever happened uh a few years back when you know wheeler and shifley were kind of leading a toxic locker room apparently there might be some yeah, of the like other guys some of the younger ones who are like okay cool now we can like re- revamp this locker room revamp the message revamp the the culture yeah like there was stories about like line a being bullied basically by wheeler and Shifley, not maybe not Shifley as much, but Wheeler being a bit of a tyrant in the room. Yeah. Um, and then it's just interesting with um, you know, Maurice saying like, you know, they need a different voice, and it's not mine. And him exiting how he did, it's like, it was did he just get fed up with Wheeler? Just <laughs> 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 saying like, you're not the coach. Yeah, I Wheeler. Am, but Wheeler not and being Shifley able to just kind of like shutting down Maurice and not. Uh, you know, trying to take over the room, take over the team for themselves. Yeah, but, like, what is, like, I'm just curious how guys like Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois and Nikolai Ehlers, like, I don't know, like, how do they, how do they feel about this? I mean, Dubois probably still wants out. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, That's just a given. I mean, it's it's a contract year for Dubois, so um, he might play well but just to boost his own value um but yeah i mean like they've got cole perfetti coming in too um you know highly touted prospect um who's gonna be looking to score some goals um some of their defensemen will be looking to have better seasons um and then um hellebuck as well um looking to kind of i don't know not really bounce back but just a little bit better part of that's defense more uh, consistently yeah he was all so. over the place last season he'd uh just me, me having him in a fantasy league i was well aware of his um early game struggles and inconsistency of how many goals he was giving up per game but like you said that's partly on having a mediocre defense in front of him yeah um so yeah i mean i i, I guess to kind of round out the central Colorado's to lose. Yeah. And then um I think Arizona's got a real shot at being a surprise team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you uh you like that addition of Cassian. <laughs> it's gonna that's gonna change gonna everything. Make or break their team. <laughs> yeah. And the playing in Mullet Arena. Oh yeah, that's uh Oh god. Yeah. Uh, what an embarrassment. Uh, I think that's a perfect time to switch to the Metro. Oh, you don't want to spend much time um, in the toilet bowl? All right, we'll move on. No, <laughs> screw that. Um, so I think everything I've read has kind of said, like, it's between Carolina and the Rangers to take this division. I have to agree um, with that. I was kind of thinking a little bit about it, um, and I, th- I kind of lean Carolina um, on this one. Mm-hmm. I know um, lots of people have picked the Rangers, but the Rangers just have a lot of uh, 
I don't know, like they've got a, like a huge reliance upon their power play and they and goaltending. um and and goaltending for sure. Um, and I think that they've lost some depth. Um, and they brought in like Vinny Trocheck, but it's like they lost Ryan Strom, who was like a big setup guy for like some of their big guns. You know, they lost they they brought in Andrew Kopp for <laughs> like you know eleven games or whatever in the regular season and in the playoffs, and he's gone. Petrano's gone. Tyler Mott's gone. Obviously, the trade out um, Nils Lundqvist. Um, but um, yeah, I I just think that um, too many rookies or younger players on the Rangers that I have no idea if they're gonna like progress and yeah. do better. Like Kravtsov, Lafreniere, Capo, Kako. Like, are they gonna be good or better this year, or are they gonna be the same or worse? Or will they what? be good or will they Carolina be worse? though? Yeah, but Carolina, it's like, okay, <laughs> like we know what we're getting with you, the Hurricanes. You've, you've you've lost some players, but like, you know, you added Paul Statsny, you added Brent Burns, you added uh, Andre Kasha. Uh, they added Max Pacioretty. And Max, oh, Max Pacioretty, who's like your deadline addition, basically. That's what they've said, right? Um, and I just think that they're just such a complete team that it's going to be hard to beat them in this division. And I don't like Carolina, so it's tough for me to say that. But you know, um, the additions—I like the additions that they've mm -hmm. made, and I think they're going to be a pretty motivated team, having basically just not scored enough in playoffs and getting ousted by the Rangers. And um, honestly, like their roster, they've kind of addressed that particular issue with the type of depth that they've added. That the additions, like Stastny, is still you know a zero point five point per game player. Seth Jarvis is really. Um, been quite good in his debut in his his start like you said max Pacioretty trade deadline edition you know that's that's an elite sniper right there so that's that's yep. all going to help with the depth scoring and take some of the burden off of off of Svechnikov and Aho and Teravainen yeah and, uh, and let's not forget so Brent good. Burns on defense as well like that's yep. that's a new that's a new style that they they don't they've never really had that type of a defender that I can recall like a legit yeah, I mean, like Tony D'Angelo is like you know an outgoing guy, but eh. Brent Burns is at times in his career is definitely an upgrade on that. I don't know how he'll be, but you know he's thirty-seven, but um, it looks like he'll be, you know, definitely more of an offensive guy. But yeah, like their their blue line is just looks so good. Like looks like they've got some some depth there. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, like they've got Calvin DeHaan, who they signed. Um cheap they, they got dylan coglin in that patch trade and he looked really good in vegas you know hat trick in his first game in yep. the nhl um and then you know ethan bear brett pesci brady shade and jacob slavin like that's that's pretty solid so and just the, um, the combination of everything that the team does makes their goalies look really good like freddie anderson yep. had unreal numbers with the team last season you know partly because he is a good goalie when he's there but the system and the players and the way they play in front of him just inflate that total significantly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, I mean, if to bounce back to the Rangers, like I think they'll still be in the playoff hunt for sure, but I just don't think that they'll be um, division winners. Yeah. I think, um, I think Carolina is the safe pick to win the division because they're more reliably going to put up a specific or a certain number of points. The Rangers have such a wide variance in what they could do. 
because last season everyone was like on their best game like chris Kreider with his whatever 50 plus goal season yeah who, yeah who i don't think, think that's happening that? again you know so so many players had such career years and like shesterkin like he's great he's amazing second probably second best goalie in the league but he's probably going to regress a bit same with a lot of the offensive players so they're still like you said they're still going to be in a playoff spot in a hunt for that playoff spot because the metro is still pretty competitive but carolina is a safer pick to win the division the rangers are you know possible to win it if everyone is still playing really well they have maybe a higher ceiling with their with what they have but they also have a lower floor yep yeah i would agree um and then so after those two uh, you know i still see the penguins and the capitals kind of you know shot for shot with each other mm-hmm. after that um penguins made some really interesting additions um the the trade for petrie i think is very uh interesting that could for be them. a really good one um but um yeah, I just think that those two teams will be pretty much the same. You know, I like the, the Capitals, Brian Kemper. They, Connor Brown and Dylan Strome have come in in, in uh, preseason. They've played together. <laughs> They've looked really, really good together. And Dylan Strome's been on the power play. Um, and then, you know, the Caps have Wilson coming back in, um, you know, the first half of the season. And then maybe Backstrom, maybe not Backstrom. But, you know, the additions that they've made look good. Um and then, um, but, you know, both teams are kind of getting up there in age. Um, I think they're both only top five, at least, in the league for the oldest teams. Um, but then after after those, it's like, do the Islanders kind of come back out of nowhere? You know, do they get s- fresh life breathed into them through Lane Lambert taking over head coach? Uh, do the Devils, you know, make a step and then Dark Horse, like Columbus Blue Jackets, like does Johnny Gaudreau just launch that team into playoffs, you know? Like yeah, yeah, I think... Passing um, to line A. <laughs> like with Columbus, does, does too, that the, happen? what makes them even more of a Dark Horse is the prospects they've got jumping up as well. With um, Yegor Chinikov and uh, Cole Sillinger and Ken Johnson, I think mm-hmm. they've, all, they've all made the opening day roster at this point. And all three of them, like... We don't know what they're gonna put up for points, but they could do really, really well, and they could they could bolster that team's offense, give them some depth. Like that, they could be a real dark horse team to maybe compete for the third spot in the division if everything goes right, but more likely probably take a wild card spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like outside of like Rick Nash, they've never, and I guess. Um, Briefly, Panarin and Panarin, they've never really had like a super dynamic forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a definitely a going to be an interesting new look for them, um, and it could definitely make boost their scoring. Like they've got Merzlikens in net, who's a good goalie. Like maybe adding Gaudreau just boosts their offense just enough to win games, right? Exactly. And then they just keep games close and win. Um, but you know their blue line is young and. Um, is not a super strong, but they they could surprise. Um, and then kind of the same story for the Devils, right? Like where they've they could they could be a bit of a surprise. Um, they've got a lot of great young players. Um, you know, kind of 
centering around Jack Hughes. Um, but um, they've made some some changes. They brought in Andre Palat, bringing a, a, a older guy who's won back to back cups. Bringing Hall, uh, um, John Marino, bringing Vitek Vanacek. So now they've got Blackwood and Vanacek, um, which is a you know if Blackwood can bounce back, that's a pretty good tandem. Um, so if things go right, kind of similar to what you said about Columbus, they they could be you know a wild card team. Um, and then from from there, like I mentioned, the Islanders briefly, but I don't even know where. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like yeah, and this then this is Flyers the exact last. same roster <laughs> that the Islanders have had for what three or four seasons, and we've seen them be really good and really bad. Like, where's the where's the normal here? And the, they didn't make any significant additions other than I want to say Romanov. That's I it. Yeah, I think it's much, the same right? roster. So, is the coaching change enough to let their offensive players actually produce in a way that's going to let them meaningfully compete in the division or are they just going to fall behind all the other teams that got significantly better on paper and kind of hang out in that mediocrity place just outside of the wild card spot yeah and like like let's not forget too that like their schedule was absolutely fucked last season mm -hmm. right and like they got hit by covid um like i was looking here like first six weeks on the road yeah um and then a covid outbreak um and so like just is that a really bad start that just kind of threw their whole season out of whack um like that like and they were also like conference finalists <laughs> like yeah what was it like three or four years in a row or whatever like three out of four um, years or two years in a row or something like that yeah so it, like it's just a, a normal schedule enough to kind of make them kind of go back to normal um but yeah it's it's i don't i don't know who i want to pick to see them like bump out you know like who are they going to replace in in playoffs i'm not sure um the only thing i am sure is that the flyers are going to suck this is just going to be a fun experiment to watch I'm not terribly concerned about how the team does. I just want to see, like, the shenanigans and the shit that comes out of that room, out of that team, out of that locker room with Torts. Because he's already publicly calling out the team and the players. like, And we haven't even <laughs> yeah. started the games yet. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at a, a Sportsnet article here, and it's like, Flyers, notable off-season roster additions, Nick Delorier, Tony D'Angelo. It's like, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, oh, those man. guys will save save the team. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Sean Couturier is going to be out. If you look at their depth chart, it's just god-awful on mm -hmm. paper. Like, I mean, like, you know, Scott Lawton's a great player, but is he a top-line forward? Probably not. No. On those playoff teams. Um, Travis Konechny, can he actually contribute, or is he just doomed to regress every season um owen tippett will he be you know a top six guy for them um i don't know it's it seems like a team where if you do well you're gonna get traded if you're not under 22 or something you know yeah it's just like, i i don't know it's hard to even get a gauge on what they're trying to do what their team is like i i've called i've public like i've trashed him enough that it's just common like it's basically a weekly segment at this point but like what the hell is chuck fletcher doing 
Like this I don't is know, man. the the downgrade in every single move. The what the roster was like three or four seasons ago to what it is now is just despicable. Real bad. Um, Do they even have I a backup know. goalie at this point? Um, like, no, it's pretty much just Carter Hart and some randos. Felix I think it's like Sandstrom, yeah, Felix Sandstrom, Samuel Urson. Just think about Troy Grosnick in the minors, but he's kind of a third stringer in the best teams. Yeah. Why bother, right? Just put up a tutor shooter out there. And <laughs> call it um yeah it's 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 gonna be a rough one for uh the flyers for sure um there's there's just no way around it no i do like if they're good it's it's gonna be because something bad happened to every other team that they're playing it's not gonna be because of anything good that they're doing the patented tort um, system is uh not going to work its magic like it did with columbus <laughs> yeah i mean like maybe they won't be quite as bad as i'm thinking but i think I still don't see them supplanting. Well, they might get know, seventy-two points. Any team of in the East, yeah, yeah, they're not gonna be. I don't think they're gonna be like a historically bad team, but like they're gonna be probably below five hundred. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, I guess with that trashing, we can move on to the last division here in the Pacific. Um. You know, I th- I'm curious if uh, you're gonna do your your stock standard thing of not choosing your favorite team <laughs> to jinx them but no um, not this most time. not this time i'm actually i've got them <laughs> i i'm pretty sure they're they're the pacific division favorites i i've seen a lot of things and it's like i see the oilers and the flames being mentioned yep. a lot mm-hmm. as pretty pretty favorited teams to win and then there's also kind of people who are sneaky picking the la kings as division i winners. can see that um and I think that that's an interesting pick um, because of just the addition of Fiala um, and just the the rookies they have. Yeah, just the, like, the progression. Not, the young the players. The pr- yeah. Um, and, you know, Dowdy, a full season, hopefully, for him. Um, but I think that the Oilers are, are probably the, the, the safest bet yeah. um, coming into the season yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's it's going to be down to the Oilers and the Flames for the division. Like, I think I give the edge to Edmonton partly just because I'm more a fan of their roster and because of the consistency in their roster, that the Flames have had a massive change over year over year here. That they've basically lost their two best players. They've lost their locker room identity. They've lost, like, the guy who's the momentum, the energy for the team, and they're going to try and have to find a new source of that and find a new, like, um, voice or culture or whatever as the top end players got turned over edmonton on the other hand they changed their starting goalie i mean both goalies but the roster is <laughs> the same basically yeah it's um it's funny because i remember talking to you about how it was going to be so crappy that um the flames were no longer going to be a good team and like the summer of Bradshaw you know, living <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you know, it's like, ah, uh, it you said, like, it was really short window where both teams were good. And the Battle of Alberta was so much better when both teams were good. And then it's like, you know, cut to now. And it's like, who's going to win the division? Is it the Flames or the Oilers? Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's um, it's just a kind of funny how things happen. But, yeah, I mean, like, I think the Oilers are coming off a really good season. They're, they've got um, some exciting 
additions, if you want to call them additions, like including like Jack Campbell as start, you know, your your starter, but you know, like Dylan Holloway, yeah. you know, you're gonna have some like maybe maybe Bouchard takes over the power play for the full season. Um, I certainly hope so. You know, you have Evander Kane who's gonna be there for a full year, and you know, he looked like he was able to just you know pot everything in the net from McDavid. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's they could be a scary team two of the two of the three big questions i've got for the team is like is evander kane for real i mean 39 points in 43 games in the regular season is he going to be like a 30 goal 60 point player over a full year because that's kind of where his ceiling is any other season but he's also never played with mcdavid so is he going to be able to sustain that kind of close to point per game or just under for the full season then you've got defense the second uh second pairing left defender there's a bit of a void there after Duncan Keith retired. They're trying to fill it with Brett Kulak, I believe. But that's also a role that he's never played before, and he's also going to end up with probably some penalty kill time just taking over some of those duties. You know, is Kulak... He was good when he was uh, traded for, and he's definitely deserving of staying. But is he going to be good enough to take over that second-pairing spot? Because below him, they have Ryan Murray, Slater Cuckoo, Philip Roberg, and Marcus Nemelainen, who are prospects and veterans who were kind of third pairing guys and then i mean of course the goaltending because now they have committed long term five by five i think to jack campbell who has like 150 games of nhl experience and he's never played he's only got one season where he's played more than 40 games so he's still quite unproven and he's only had like that one really good half season last year i think and then their backup is Stuart skinner who has 14 games of experience who was good in those 14 games for the most part, but that's also not very much. So that's a that's a big question mark for the Oilers is, you know, how does that goaltending work out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know. I mean, like, I think, like, goalies are just getting so much money these days, even with, le- like, people, guys who've played less games than Jack Campbell. Um, but, you know, they're younger than Jack Campbell, so mm-hmm. they're paying for the, you know, the talent and the potential a bit. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch Evander Kane with McDavid for a full season. Um, But uh, with the Flames, it's like, you know, Nazem Kadri's coming off winning the Stanley Cup. Jonathan Huberto coming off of a 114-point season. He's coming off of a strip club and the back-to-back and the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Mackenzie Weger (laughs) on... um, on defense there like that that makes that blue line insanely good yeah that's actually um, you mentioned the the avalanche have the best defense in the league but the flames are right up there with them yeah um they are they are pretty good um and then you know they just got like a, a you mentioned like a, a pretty big turnover here but you know there there's there's still some good players on the team that that were around for a couple seasons or whatever, but there's a lot of people who've won on this mm-hmm. team, right? So it's like, um, it's just different makeups of the team. Um, and I know, um, like Ryan Murray, um, got signed by the Oilers as well, so you know he's coming off a cup win too. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a fun year for the Battle of Alberta if these two teams play as well as everyone kind of predicts them to. I'm curious if the Flames name Huberto captain or Kadri or 
you know, someone, <laughs> but, you know, they, they didn't have one. Daryl um, Sutter's just the name himself, Captain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the Flames and Oilers, I mean, like, between them, I don't know. I'll I'll go Oilers I guess on them, um, but I am I am interested in that Kings um, yeah. pick that some people are are taking. Well, totally because they um, were they were kind of the upstart team that finished third out of nowhere last season, and like their roster just has another year of development and another group of prospects ready to come up and take take roster spots. Yeah. So I they're just probably a safe pick to finish third again. You know, given just, given like, the other teams. when you look. When you look at their lineup, it's like, I just, I, I really like Kevin Fiala. Um, I've liked him for, you know, a number of seasons here, but I really like that addition for them. And I just like that it's like, um, you look at their potential lines and it's like Fiala, Kopitar, Kempe. Like that, that could be a really good line. Mm-hmm. Both ends of the ice because Kopitar is just so good everywhere. Um, but Kempe and Fiala together could be be really fun um and then philip Deneau, you know number two center uh, we've talked about him before just in that shutdown role um with you know victor arvison looks like you know trevor moore or alex i follow or s- um, but then they've got so many good young players like byfield velarde um kaliev um and then like on defense they've got uh, you know mikey anderson drew dowdy sean dersey um matt roy sean walker alex edler um so I'm just curious to see what they do. Like if it was a, uh, and they've got um, uh, Anderson Dolan um, ready to kind of crack in there and forward as well. But like, was it just overperforming, or like, can they build on that moving forward? Like, what are they going to do? But um, I just think the addition of Fiala, like, more scoring for this team, like, could be fun. Yeah, that that um, would be something that would address kind of the concern of theirs from last season is just not having like the high powered offense to compete with the other teams in their division like that mm-hmm. yeah um but outside of la there's obviously uh, some other teams looking to kind of you know take away some playoff spots from other teams but um i think like vegas is obviously probably is, is the likely <laughs> next one and you know they could they could take that last playoff spots as well um you know, yeah, their their roster signed, um, their roster is pretty bad compared to compared to <laughs> where it has been, but you know, they they're still good in that sense. They signed Nick Hag uh, either today or yesterday um, to a uh, three year deal. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, like they're they're gonna make a push. You know, they brought in Kessel, um, which was kind of funny, but. Um, is Jack Eichel gonna be consistent? Good. I don't know if he's ever really been like super consistent, but um, coming off that surgery, ten million dollar cap hit, is he gonna live up to that? Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna they're gonna try to. Um, and then um, Vancouver. You know, Vancouver I think got better. Um. They've got uh, they they gave Ilya Mikheyev too much money. They've got you know Kuzmenko, who everyone's super stoked about coming in. He looked amazing in preseason. Um, and then kind of 
redid their entire a lot of their bottom six actually just be for for cap purposes <laughs> um got rid of dickinson um but their defense is still pretty pretty bad it's really funny if you go to <laughs> uh the cap friendly depth chart because they've got a Eli- they've got Pedersen as the third line center right now <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that one but, uh, yeah tanner tanner pearson yeah you mentioned JT vancouver Miller there but i'm personally very critical and low on the canucks this season i don't see them being very competitive at all um it's a lot of the like the the analytics based prediction models they put they put vancouver as high as third in the division in in terms of competing and usually they're kind of placed about fourth but um i don't particularly like their roster i don't like the depth i don't like the defense and kind of what they have going is their center depth and thatcher demko but a lot of the rest is kind of similar to what happened last season and they weren't that great yeah, I think um, their defense is still pretty bad, but um, a lot of their forwards had um, like career years um, in points or goals. Um, Patterson had a really bad like first half of the season and then really turned it on for the second half. And if he can play like that second half, I think they're a playoff team. Um, but if he doesn't, play up to that ability level i don't think they will um just because they need to score more than the other team that's like bruce bruce boudreau hockey right Mm -hmm. like offense 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 and we also have to consider the injuries to start the season as well with garland's out besser's out um mikhaev's out phil digiuseppe is out um tyler myers is out and Travis Dermott's out. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of their kind of, a lot of the depth that they're missing is currently injured and might not be ready to start the season. So they're, that first month could be a bit rough. They could get off to a really slow start missing that many players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Poolman is hurt too. Um, yeah. Is that, is that I don't know. I mean, like, I think... I think yeah, <laughs> I think that they'll be closer to the mix than perhaps you replacing them. I, b- I probably. Um, but um, it is going to be interesting to see how they kind of face up with Seattle because yeah. Seattle kind of added a bunch of uh, people in the um, off season here, um, and drafted a guy named Shane Wright. Um, so will they be better or will they still suck? I think the big question is Grubauer. If he is as bad as he was last year or if he gets better. Because yeah. it wasn't just defense last year. It was defense and goaltending. That's the thing. Um, the defense wasn't even... Like, the analytics kind of showing the, the, the defense's performance wasn't terrible considering where the team was in the standings. But the goaltending was awful. Yeah, it was. You know? they were giving up, like, some like high danger chances nothing that was but it's like out of but it was out like of the ordinary or like excessive it was like just shots were going in that shouldn't yeah <laughs> um and so if grubauer 
returns to form. I think that they'll be more of a middle of the pack type team. Yeah. Um, that middle part if, of the division is probably going to be Seattle, Anaheim, and Vancouver. I think it's going to. I'm, I'm quite a hopeful on Seattle this season. Um, looking, I mean, it's preseason, so you can't really take too much out of it. But Seattle was good in the preseason, and Grubauer was good in the preseason. And I mean, so was Martin Jones, for that matter, is there, who's probably their backup. But um, if if their goaltending's fixed a little bit, then like that puts them probably competing, you know, kind of like a wild, like a dark horse wild card team in the Pacific. But yeah. I, I think they'll be better than Vancouver this season. That's I think I think Vancouver will be better, but it's gonna be close. <laughs> um, where do you where do you place the Sharks and Anaheim? Anaheim's in that mix with Vancouver and Seattle. They could I think Anaheim could probably be both of those teams, and Seattle or San Jose, pardon me, is down at the bottom. Yeah, I I have San Jose last, and I think Anaheim's gonna be Anaheim could be anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> honestly well look at look like, at where they went last season they were like top of the division for a little bit and then they sucked and were almost at the bottom and i think that's basically the same i mean they added stroman klingberg but their goaltending is now a question mark because gibson's hurt all the time and you know how much of their how much of their like offensive performance like from troy terry and zegris like was that just kind of rookie magic or you know is it time to regress a bit yeah, I um, I don't know. Um, they've also got Mason McTavish coming in too. Um, you know some some really great young players: Zegers, Jamie Drysdale. Um, I just I yeah I don't I don't see them being close to making playoffs, but some of those additions they've made, and if if Gibson is consistently good as he has been in the past at times um who knows <laughs> oh yeah they, they could they could be kind of like a, a similar thing to anaheim or to los angeles pardon me from last season where they yeah just they a just, surprise yeah just a surprise just winning games win games wild card spot whatever yeah yeah so it's uh the pacific is going to be an interesting race i think like i yeah you've got edmonton and calgary who are probably going to scoop up those first two spots but after that it's like it's anybody you know if vegas if vegas has issues again they might not be maybe they'll make playoffs two years in a row historic um is vancouver on the upswing is seattle on the upswing is la a division winner <laughs> who knows this one i think is um is interesting it's an interesting division compared to the others like where the others i see like there's a clear kind of breakdown of where people are going to finish this one it's like well if this happens then this might happen and you know it's exactly just, there's it's a harder lot to kind of break down there's a lot a bit of, of a closer pieces in that division yeah less gaps between the kind of the the tiers i think mm -hmm. in this league or in this division um so yeah um the only thing i wanted to mention is that um the cap is absolutely screwing over a bunch of teams um and it it means that there's some really interesting players getting waived right now um you know like when all the camps end and preseason ends there's there's a big giant batch of players that get waived but this year we're seeing like oh what like that guy got waived um 
and uh, so far there's been a few claims, um, but just because like I think 14 teams are over the cap or were over the cap and will be compliant when guys are put on LTIR, um, and then there's like a group of teams that are within like five hundred thousand dollars of the salary cap i think what did i and send to that post <laughs> from a couple hours ago edmonton's got like a hundred and a hundred and sixty five dollars of cap space and i think i yeah, saw actually the canucks are the first team ever to have exactly zero <laughs> that's funny the way that they've got their ltir and their everything functioning i think it's like exactly zero in some point and they're the first team to do that that's funny um yeah, it's um, it's pretty wild with just how much the league is is either at the cap or yeah. over it. They kind of <laughs> got screwed over by the flat cap for the couple of seasons because it's like you go and sign guys to bigger contracts, expecting two or three million more in cap space, and then it doesn't happen. But apparently, the cap is going to like skyrocket after this season, like could go up ten plus million over the next few years. So that'll that'll really help a lot of teams out. Probably because they're putting ads on goddamn everything. Like they're putting <laughs> ads on jerseys, helmets. They're pro- they're ta- they're they're gonna do like more ads along the boards for TV broadcasts, um, like on the glass and stuff. Oh god. Um, yeah, it's how stupid. how long until players' nicknames are sponsored? So it's like Connor Biosteel McDavid. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, what is that movie, um, where the guy who's like average intelligence in like our time it's like luke wilson plays him and he gets like frozen or something and he wakes up in the future and it's like this weird corporate america like where everything's like sponsored by like mountain dew and the president is like terry cruz <laughs> do, you, do you know what movie i'm talking about no <laughs> oh it's a great one i can't just just can't remember the title um um idiocracy um a great great movie um that's what it reminds me of it's like you know we're gonna wake up and it's gonna be blurns ball and it's sponsored by slurm <laughs> cola and like you know it's just so frustrating but it's like everyone wants the cap to go up but like that's what it means you know more revenue for the for the league yeah <laughs> where the are they gonna get it the shitty downside because um, they won't actually grow the game properly they have to go and put ads on everything well it's like you know, either it costs more to watch the game in person or on TV or ads, right? So, um, yeah. Or they could stop funneling know. all the money to Arizona. Yeah, that too. That they could help. stop having to drag garbage teams along. Well, at least it's not Hockey Canada and money's being used for weird, nefarious purposes. Hopefully not, anyway. Um, but yeah, um, it's uh, it's just f- crazy how many teams are like a razor's width away from the salary cap, and we've seen just a lot of guys who are kind of just out of jobs or didn't make it on a PTO because there's just zero yeah, cap space. Yeah, they have to go with uh, they have to go with an entry level guy instead of signing a veteran. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um, it's kind of funny because um. Minnesota Wild actually have a little bit more space than a lot of the other teams. <laughs> and I <laughs> mean, well, it's exactly because they've got so many guys <laughs> on entry-level deals. Yeah, but they've got like 15 million in cap penalty, and they're like 
not one of the teams <laughs> that's like <laughs> they still have but, a few I mean, million they've, to, they've, to fiddle around with. They've shed like a bunch of players and stuff, yeah. but that wraps things up for this time here on Clappercast. Make sure you rate and review this episode and toss a follow or subscribe our way. For more content, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Clappercast Media or on Twitter at Clappercast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more hockey talk.